Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. Matthew 14, 22 to 33. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Man, praise God. Some of us are still there. It's okay. It's good to flip through the scriptures. It's good to have a Bible. Uh, and just in case you're new and you didn't bring one, it's okay. We have it flashed out on the screen for you. And um, in a while, we're going to read. But before that, uh, I want to give us a little bit of background. This is a scripture that we're going to read. And uh, this is a scripture that maybe for some of us, it is not new. Uh, you have read this before. You have heard this before. Maybe you've heard this preached many times before. Uh, this is actually what we're about to read uh, is, spoiler, uh, Peter walking on water. Uh, and uh, do you know that in the Bible, uh, there uh, we have four Gospels, of course, and Jesus walking on water was recorded in three of those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. Uh, but Peter walking on water was only credited in, in one Gospel, which is the Gospel of Matthew. And that's what we want to dive in today. And, and you know, uh, my encouragement for you, and I believe that this is a, a powerful prophetic word, not just prophetic, but a now word uh, for a lot of us. And, uh, you know, what the devil wants to do sometimes is that he wants to make us over-familiarized with Scripture. And sometimes we can be so familiar with a certain scripture that when we read it, we immediately think that, oh, that scripture does not apply to me. Uh, that's not for me. Uh, and many times, you know, when we hear of Jesus walking on water, we get very excited. Wow, Jesus walked on water. And uh, Peter walking on water, you know, we tend to look at it from a perspective of failure, and foolishness, and folly even, and very rarely we, we look at it from a position of faith. But that's what I want to bring us to today. Uh, I believe that walking on water, walking by faith, uh, is more needed today than ever before. Uh, would you, uh, you know, allow me to read the scripture to you, and then I'm going to go into the elaboration in a bit. Amen? Uh, here we go. Immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat, and go before him to the other side, and while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. So just in case some people, have you ever had a conversation before, is Jesus extrovert or introvert? Hmm, I wonder. He sent the multitudes away, and he went away to pray by himself. Oh, okay, I won't say. Uh, now, when evening came, he was alone there. Oh, alone, okay. But the boat was now... You know, the boat with the disciples was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. 
Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Amen. You know, whether you are living in one, and one is bound to come your way, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about storms. I'm talking about storms. And I'm not sure, you know, how your life has been, and, and I'm not spying on you. I'm not stalking you via Instagram or any social media uh, device. Uh, uh, but I believe that, you know, for some of us, we're going through a storm, and the storm doesn't need to be a destructive time of our lives. Storm just needs to be a messy time of our lives. You know, storms are, uh, uh, you know, it's there. And, and it could be, um, you know, for some of us who are students, and I've been there before, your storm could be your studies. And I've been there before where I'm going to class and, you know, everybody seems to be nodding and understanding and I'm just clueless. And I just go to lecture after lecture and walk away feeling dumber and dumber. And, and it just feels like a storm. You know, and in the mornings when you know that you have a morning class, you wake up and go, I don't feel like walking into that storm, into that confusion, into that lecture, into that situation where, where I feel tossed to and fro. Everybody seems so anchored, but I feel so lost. And you feel, and after a while, upon meditating on that, you just feel more discouraged. And, and you just want to, I know, stay on, on, you know, in your bed and just stay underneath the duvet. I know I've been there before. For some of us, our storm could be our job. Or more specifically, could be our bosses. Because, you know, their emotions are like a storm. One day they are nice and then the other day uh, they are the devil themselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, and you never know what to expect. You're going in and you're, you're constantly a victim being tossed to and fro on the mood swings and the mood storms of somebody else. You know, maybe you go to your job and while you're thankful for this opportunity, uh, you struggle to love it because of different reasons. It could be because you're transitioning, because you're still new, or just because, you know, that's part of life. And sometimes when we start a new thing, we got to grind. And it's a storm. It's a storm. It's confusing. It's tiring. It causes you to walk out feeling like you're drowning. Haven't we been there before? Amen? Or, or maybe for some of us, our storms are, are, are different things that are happening in our lives. Maybe what, there's something happening in your family, and that's a storm. You know, maybe there's something happening in your own life, and that's a storm. And the storm that you face is not on the outside, but on the inside. How many have been there before? I have. I have, you know, I still remember my first time uh, studying and living in the UK. This was many years ago when I was studying as a student in Sheffield. I still remember it was my first winter. And I don't know what happened. It could be the winter blues. It could be the cold. I hate the cold. How many of you dislike the cold and love the sun? Amen. And, and, and the sun shall set you free. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> no, no, Jesus will set you free, but the sun helps as well. The, anyway, um, you know, and, and I miss the sun, and, and up north, you know, you, you see the, you know, you go to class at 9 o'clock, you, 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 you clock out at 3, and it feels like, you know, by the time you step out of the building, the sun's gone, and it feels like a perpetual night. I know I'm complaining, you know, there are different areas that have it much worse, but, but that was just me, and, 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 and sometimes the storms in our life is subjective. And, and, and we find it hard to share with people because it feels like how come certain issues are eating me up on the inside, but when I try to share it with my friends, they just scoff at me and tell me, oh, you should just toughen up. 
and it hurts and it's a storm. It drives you insane. You know, I just remember there are days where, you know, and it was a combination of factor. Maybe it was the winter blues. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, it was my first time away from family and Christmas was near. Uh, maybe it was at a time where a lot of my friends were hooking up with, you know, girlfriends and I was a lonely single person being sad, little me. Uh, maybe it was the fact that there was January exams, but, or I don't know what it was, but I, there was a time I remember, I don't even know what to call it, but I just didn't feel like leaving the bed at all. I didn't even feel like eating. I know you're looking at me and go like, wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I just wanted to sleep. And I just wanted to just cover myself in a duvet. And I just wanted to stay in bed. I had no motivation. I, I didn't know what was going on. Storms. That's exactly what the disciples go through. They didn't know what was going on. So much so that they couldn't even make out that it was Jesus. The winds were so strong that they couldn't even see the God factor uh, in their lives. And, and I believe that, you know, whether we are going through it or we will go through it, but God wants to prepare us for it. How many know that God wants us to be brave? Amen? A part of the theme of this year is that we want to be more like Jesus and drawing inspiration from His servant Daniel. You know, in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, it says that Daniel purposed in his heart, you know, and so what we want is to be God people that will put God's purposes in our heart. Not run away from His purposes, but, but walk, you know, being steadfast and confident in the purposes of God. And how many know that storms are inevitable in life? And, and if we're not careful, if we don't prepare ourselves for it, we will just end up running away from storms, hiding away from storms. And every time we see a storm, we just quit. Every time our job becomes a storm, we just quit. Every time the studies becomes too hard, we just quit. And unknowingly, we create within us, instead of a culture and the spirit of an overcomer that God wants us to become, we become a quitter. And if we are not careful, quitting becomes the first thing we do. And, and I believe that the, the ill preparation of going through storms has led us to become a society that has so much brokenness. And, and, and when, when the going gets tough, fathers just quit. You know, when, when, when husbands and wives, you know, when they argue and, and, and they just feel like, let's just quit. And that's why you have a lot of marriages that have just quit. You have a lot of families that have just quit. But that's not God's plan. And not only is that not God's plan, God wants to heal that. And He wants us to be part of that plan to heal it. And so I want us to become Christians that know how to navigate through the storm. And, 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 and so if you're taking down notes, uh, I want you to write down today's title is, Hey, I'm walking here. Turn to your neighbor and say, Hey, I'm walking here. Okay, it could be, you know, some of you could be too young. Uh, but there's a famous movie that popularized this. It was filmed in New York. It's called Midnight Cowboys, starring uh, Dustin Hoffman. And, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, John Voight, I know you're talking about all these old people, Pastor. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to watch the movie. The movie's not great. Uh, but there's the infamous line. It's, hey, I'm walking here. Because when they're filming it, it was uh, such a low-budget movie at the time. They had no choice but to film in actual New York. And the scene was actually improvised. And, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman was walking and talking. And then suddenly a taxi came into screen. But instead of breaking character, instead of the director yelling, cut, he just improvised and hit the text and said, hey, I'm walking here. And he kept on walking. And what I want us is to become Christians that no matter what kind of storms try to interrupt, what kind of plans of the devil try to disrupt, and they might even try to hit you, instead of cowering in fear, instead of running away, we will be believers that will go, hey devil, I'm walking here. 
And I'm not just walking by sight, I'm walking by faith. Amen? And, and this is exactly what Peter did. Many times we study this scripture and we focus on the sinking. And that's not what we're going to focus on today. I'm going to focus on the walking. Amen? And I want us to become Christians that don't just believe in God, but have faith faith in God to trust Him. How many know that walking by faith means trusting God? And I want you to know that this is something that all of us, every believer, you need to walk by faith more than you realize. Don't think walking by faith is something that missionaries have to deal with or pastors have to deal with. Oh, wow, pastors, ooh, you know, they get paid so little or they need, they need more faith. Oh, walk by faith, brother, walk by faith. No, we need it. We need to walk by faith to school. We need to walk by faith to work. We need to walk by faith into marriages. We're going to walk by faith, friends. We're going to walk by faith, you know, as we minister, we're going to walk by faith. Amen. And walking by faith means trusting God because I want us to grow and mature as believers. Do you know that you can believe in God but not trust Him? Because belief just means, you know, just means belief. <laughs> I know, that's deep. Wow. Wow, we came here for some revelation, Pastor. Belief just means belief. You know, but let me put it this way, right? Belief, you know, there's a saying, seeing is believing. And many times we believe because we see, right? We see, we see, or at least we see the effects of it, right? A lot of people, we, we think that having faith is a dumb thing, but no, having faith, I know, uh, uh, let me give you the, 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 the scripture, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, right? I, 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 I'll explain it in a while. You know, this is a classic definition for faith. Now, faith is being confident in what we hope for and having the assurance and being sure of what we do not see and the evidence of things unseen. I still remember the first time I heard this being preached. The pastor said, no, this is what faith is. And I, 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 I was silent, but if I was bolder, I would have just raised my hand and go like, huh? I don't understand. And what it means is this, right? Faith. Okay, let me simplify it for you. Faith just means believing even though we don't see. And while it sounds foolish, it's not. We do it every day, right? We believe and we know gravity is real, but we can't see gravity. Don't say that, oh, me standing is proof of gravity. No, you standing is proof that gravity works. But nobody will go out and go like gravity is not real. No, they will be laughed as insane. But can you touch gravity? Can you, can you, can you, can you, you know, poke it? You, you can't, but you are constantly seeing the effects of gravity at work. Amen? Another thing that is invisible, that, you know, that we cannot measure with, uh, with just our eyes and our ears are, are things like inertia, right? How many of you have found it uh, silly when you say things like this, and I don't ever feel silly to say this, okay? You know, how many of you have declared, oh, the, 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 the Holy Spirit lives in me. Amen? The same power that, that, that rose Jesus from the grave dwells in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. And sometimes we say that, and don't even say among non-Christians, even sometimes among more conservative Christians, they look at you and go, huh? But in real life, do you know that something lives in you? It's called inertia. And it only comes out when the bus driver decides to stamp on the brake. And before that, all of us were normal. But then as the brake starts, we, there was certain energy that came out, a certain movement that came out that was previously not there, it's previously unobservable, but it was in it, waiting for the right moment to be unleashed. So if we don't feel foolish describing inertia and all these laws of physics, don't ever feel dumb to say that you believe in Jesus and you depend on Him. Amen? Uh, but, but we can, so coming back to believing. 
So we can still see these things and go like, oh, I believe in God because I've seen the effects of God. Good. But just because you believe in God doesn't mean you trust in Him. Right? And belief today is so subjective. People believe in all sorts of things. And some people can say, well, Pastor, with the same rule, I can say that I believe in Bigfoot. And there are people who believe in Bigfoot. And there are people who believe in aliens. And there are people who believe in all sorts of things. But the real proof is not in what you believe, it's in what you trust. You know, if you say, Pastor Dave, I believe in you, I'm like, good. And then, you know, for you to say you trust in me is for, for you to say yes when I say, and now can I have the keys to your car? And he'd be like, uh, why, Pastor? Why? <laughs> but, but you say you believe in me. I, I know, but, but, but I don't trust you with my car, my brand new car, right? Pastor, I believe in you. Great. Uh, can you... Uh, let me your phone. Oh, my, my phone? Why? Let me delete my search history first, Pastor. Instead of going over. So I want us to be Christians that don't just say, I believe in Jesus. But are you trusting in Jesus? Because Peter trusted in Jesus. Trusted enough to obey. Amen? So to help us to, to, to understand, you know, how to walk by faith. In other words, it's also to walk in trust. I want to teach us three things that we can learn from the scripture that we just read. Three things about faith and how they interconnect and I hope that it will bless you. Amen? Point number one that we're going to learn, if you want to walk by faith, you're going to learn that faith is about taking the next step. You see, Peter walked. Let's never ever forget that Peter walked. And sometimes we can be so familiar with the scripture that we think Peter took a few steps. No, let's not forget that, you know, the distance between Jesus and the believers uh, was so far, and of course, they were, their view was disrupted by the storm, but it was definitely stormy, and their vision was, was, was blurred, uh, but it was definitely far enough, plus the storm, for them to not make out that that was Jesus. In fact, they thought that it was a ghost. So what does this mean? It means that not only was there a storm between them and Jesus, but there was also some distance. And I'm not sure about you, how, how long? Some of us have perfect eyesight. Some of us have vision 2020, God bless you. You know, uh, but you know, how, how far before you can't make out what's truly there? 50 meters? 100 meters? Let's just, let's, you know, meet in between and go like 80 meters. 80 meters! And let's not, so if, if, if the distance is 80 meters, therefore let's not forget that Peter walked on water, walked supernaturally for 80 meters. Wow. How many of you have walked 80 meters before? All of us. How many of you have walked 80 meters on a swimming pool before? Never. Never. But what was his secret? We all know his failure, right? And all of you can, can, oh, Pastor, I know. I heard it preached before. He fixed his eyes on the storm. Yeah, yeah, that's why he sank. We're not talking about why he sinks. But why did he stand? Why did he walk? Because I believe that until he fixed his eyes on the storm, he was fixing his eyes on the next step. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be your natural reaction? Imagine if you're walking on water. What would you be looking at? the water. <laughs> and you can't believe that you're still standing. I'm still standing. And then you go like, let me take one more step. Woo! Still standing. 
One more step. Still standing. One more step. Still standing. It was until each step became boring that you fix your eyes up and realize, oh, I can't see the boat anymore. And the only thing I can see is the storm. Oh, storm, storm, storm. And then sink. So whether it's the storm of your life, issues of your heart, storms about your family, maybe, and, and you know, I, take, I never take this for granted that, that we come from all different backgrounds. And the more I minister here, it's a privilege to minister. It's a huge responsibility to speak into your life and, and thank you for the privilege to do so. But in getting to know a lot of us, I realize that a lot of us, we don't always come from picture-perfect families. And I want you to also know that having a picture-perfect family is not necessarily the norm. In fact, the world we live in today, that's becoming less of a norm. And just because our family is a storm doesn't mean that we're meant to run away from them. Could it be that God wants to use you to fulfill the promise that says when one is saved, the entire household will be saved? But if you run away because your parents are a storm in your life, because your siblings are a storm in your life, then how are they going to come to know Christ? Amen? And so I want us to learn to take the next step. Take the next step. You know, so how does this apply to our everyday life? You know, yesterday... We uh, had a time to chat and uh, some of you know her. We have a, a teacher, <laughs> someone who works as a teacher uh, in our church in Bristol. Her name is Denise. We call her Mrs. Ong. Uh, and, uh, and she's, you know, uh, trained as a teacher and uh, she's now working for now as a substitute teacher. Uh, she's waiting, believing for God for a more permanent position. Uh, but right now she is being called in every time they need some substituting. Uh, and uh, she just told us that last week, you know, while she's thankful for the opportunity to work, to teach, uh, she, she had a, a, quite a, 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 you know, a shock of a class, you know, uh, to, to not sound cheesy, the, the, the class was a storm. Because she walked in and, and the kids were screaming and she said one of the kids, one of the kids was running around with two scissors. <laughs> I know, Right? And, and, and doesn't stop there. Not just running around with two scissors, running around with two scissors around his neck. And yelling, thinking that it's a funny thing. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. And, and, and of course, she's like, and, you know, I can't, I can't just inter... And it's all this chaos. So she had to, you know, call out for help for another teacher volunteer to come in to, to pacify that child before... And, uh, and then she later learned that this is a, not only is this a school with problems, that's a class with problems. And as she's there trying to do her job, uh, not only are the kids and they have their issues, they come from brokenness, uh, but she's been called names. You know, oh, you ugly Chinese lady. And she's just there going like, wow. I know I prayed to God, God give me a job, but I don't know whether I sign up for this. How many have been there before? Yeah, your job that at one time you were so happy to share a testimony, the, the, the course that one time you were so happy to share a testimony, that scholarship that at one time was like, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now you'll be like, oh, I'm not sure whether I sign up for this. I'm not sure whether I sign up for this. And, and she began to realize, you know, that, you know what? I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm not just here to teach. I'm here to make a difference in, in the, the, the lives of these kids. Amen. Aren't you glad that we have people like that in our church? Amen. And then she's like, man, I want to make a difference. I'll make a difference. So what do you make a, how, in such a scenario, how do you make a difference? How do you walk by faith? By taking the next step. Show up the next day. 
And for some of you, that's a, that's a powerful word. Show up the next day. Some of you feel like quitting, but show up the next day. Some of you feel like skipping class. Show up the next day. And then what, pastor? Then the next step. Uh, listen to the lecture. Yeah, listen. Next step. Next step. Next step. Next step. And then before you realize, you look back and go like, wow. Actually, every step of the way, it was supernatural. Actually, I didn't have the strength to take the next step. Actually, without God, I would have given up. But by God's grace and by me focusing on the next step, God was able to sustain me. Amen? And for some of you, you know, maybe you're thinking, God, I'm going to quit. Oh, we, we, we face that all the time. Right? Oh, whether this job is for me. And for us, we got to watch ourselves not to become Christians that are so pampered. Do you know that, yes, God blesses you, but just because it's a blessing doesn't mean there's no pain. Right? You know, if you don't, write this down, childbirth. And only the girls are laughing. <laughs> Wait a second. You guys know? Do I need to know something? Anyways, so, and we all know this from the movies we watch and everything. A baby is a blessing, but before the blessing can come, there is much, much pain. And so we, we must be mature believers to go like, you know what? Sometimes pain is part of the process of growth. So how do I walk through the pain? The storm of pain in my life by taking the next step by taking the next step, by taking the next step. Amen? Show up. Turn up. Maybe some of you are thinking, man, how does this apply to my daily walk? I want to I walk by faith. I'm going to pursue God. Great. Then walk the next step. First step, come to church. Next step, keep coming to church. Next step, get involved. Next step, go to homes. Next step, bring something to homes. Next step, Stay and help clean up for homes. Next step, contribute to the discussion at homes. Next step, volunteer to serve at homes. Next step, volunteer to serve in church. Next step, and before you realize, wow, I've grown. Wow, I've become consistent. You know, there's someone who, when she first came to church, told me that, Pastor, I'm really loving church. I'm really, wow, God has touched me in such an amazing way today. But, but Pastor, you don't know, I, I've had this issue. I've, I've, I know for years I've tried, I've not been able to be consistent to church. And, and one week I'm here, but there's always another distraction. There's always another distraction. You know, those can be storms. The distractions in your life can be a storm. And I said, uh, Sister, I don't care, but you know what? Let, let me put it this way. Maybe at one time, God was the number 10 on your list. Can you make God number 9 the following week? Can you make God number 8 the following week? Can you make God number 7 the following week? And today, by the grace of God, you know, church and God is number 1 in this person's life. Not because they had a, a conference where the pastor baptized them with anointing or no, but because they focused on the next step. Amen? That's what faith is about, the next step. Point number two, faith unleashes the supernatural. You see, there was two groups of people there. There were people on the boat, and then there was Peter who stepped out of the boat. And when they stepped out of the boat, when Peter stepped out of the boat, there was, the supernatural happened. But the people who were in the boat do you know that they were sinking even though they were not in the ocean? Because the truth is this, faith causes us to float but fear sinks us. That's why even in the modern day saying, we have things like 
and then fear sank in and fear sinks in. Some of us, we, we are living in fear and even though we're on dry land, we can't breathe and we feel like choking. And what's the secret? God is saying that, come on, understand that not only is faith about the next step, but every next step unleashes the supernatural. You see, Peter, like I said, he walked on water. Let's say never, ever, ever, ever forget that. He walked on water. It was supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. And for some of us, we got to understand that. We got to learn to step out and understand that, man, I, I, I want the supernatural from God. I don't want to be bound by fear anymore. Amen. I don't want to be choked down by fear anymore. I don't want to sink in you know, into my comfort zone anymore. Many times we look at this and then we go like, you know what, uh, I'll leave walking on water to the professionals. And, and, and after a while, that's what we label every part of our lives. Oh, I'll leave serving to the professionals. I'll leave evangelism to the professionals. I'll leave, you know, whatever it is to the professionals, to people who are more spiritual than me, not realizing that, no, you know, I can be that too. Because faith unleashes the supernatural. Amen? Praise God. You know, point number three, I'm, I'm making for, for time here, and this is what I want to focus on. Faith is about obedience. Obedience. Can I give you a bonus point? Is it okay if I give you a bonus point? Many times we read this scripture, and again, the danger with familiarity is that we, we think it's telling us something when it's not. Uh, how many of you have made decisions uh, involving God, but you put a caveat of signs? Okay, let me put it this way, okay? Um, you say things like, um, God, I'm going to uh, apply to 10 positions to 10 companies. And whichever company that calls me back, that's a sign from you. Come on, don't raise your hands. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. Because you go like, ooh, you just said how many. Mm. But we've been there, haven't we? And sometimes when we read the scripture, we think that, oh, uh, um, uh, you know, Peter asked for a sign. No, Peter asked for a command. You see, if we are Christians, and we call it, so walking by faith is not asking God for a sign of confirmation. Walking by faith is asking God for a command. God, if you ask me to go, I will go. If you ask me to stay, I will stay. Even though the prospect doesn't look the best, but I will stay because God told me to stay. God, if you ask me to apply for that job, even though I feel inadequate, I'm going to apply for the job, not because I qualify for it, but because you told me to. So a lot of us, let's, let's flash up the scripture about Peter uh, asking Jesus again. Many of us, we think that what Peter said was this. Uh, Jesus, if it's really you, cause me to walk on water. No. He says here, he says, you know, if, if it's you, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And then when Jesus said, come, Peter went. So faith is not about, God, show me the sign. Walking by faith is not, God, show me a sign. And many times as Christians, we are waiting for God to show you a sign before you step out. But what we need is to be mature believers to say, God, give me a word and I'll step out. If we go with a sign, then we are no different than pagans. You see, when I was young, I, I used to follow my dad to the temple. And as uh, you know, we, we used to worship our ancestors or honor them. 
and uh, we will used to give up all this food and offering. And, uh, you know, the funny culture is we'll give the, 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 the dead ancestors, the spirits, first dips on the food, even though they can't physically eat it. Uh, but we, we displayed there, and everyone just waiting and staring at the roast chicken and the roast pork and all that goodies, the kids especially. Uh, and and the, the procedure is this, wait for the spirits to be done with it. And, and you know what they do? They say, that, let's take some stuff and let's throw it on the floor. Right? And different, different temples have different rules. Some is two sticks, some is two coins, some is two, you know, talisman. I don't know what it is, but, but throw it. And if it lands a certain way, if it lands a certain way, we're just going to throw it. And if it lands a certain way, then God, you have spoken. Do you see? You, you, you remove temple, you remove ancestral worship. And if we're not careful, that's our relationship with God. God, I want to walk by faith. So I'm just going to throw it out. And if it sticks, it, oh, hallelujah, it's from you. And that's why so many of us, we, we think that we're walking by faith, but we end up in wrong situations and wrong, wrong stuff. I know Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, wrong relationships sometimes, right? If you're not careful, you can go like, God, you know, I love sunflowers. So the first man I see walking down the street holding a sunflower, oh, he's, he's the man for me. And then the following week, pastor, meet my boyfriend. And I'm like, okay. Because, you know, sometimes God gives pastors like a spider sense, like a pastor sense, psh, we can know stuff. But pastor, you don't understand. He was holding a sunflower and he was wearing, you know, uh, uh, you know, he was eating sunflower seeds and holding a sunflower and the sun was shining and his jacket was yellow and his trousers were green. <laughs> and you wonder why the pastor has a spider sense about it. It's like, uh, <laughs> Uh, Pastor, you don't understand. Sunflower, sunflower. <laughs> no. You see, faith is about walking in obedience. Don't go for sunflower, go for God. If you say go, I will go. If you say stay, I will stay. Amen. And, and what we need to understand, it is obedience that led to the first step. And each step became supernatural and more supernatural, and more supernatural. So if obedience unleashes the supernatural, what area in our lives are we struggling to obey? And could it be that that very area that we are struggling to let go and let God and to obey it's the very area that God wants to move. And it's the very area that God wants you to walk by faith. And it's the very area that God wants to unleash the supernatural. Some of us, we, we don't want to let go. I don't know what it is. Some of us, we, we can't let go. We can't let go. There's a separation in your life between church and state. Church is church, but state equals my finances and my holidays. And, and, and that's the area that you can't let go. God, heal me. God, make me more anointed. God, use me. But God, don't, don't touch my money. Not realizing that that very area that you're clinging on to is the very area that God wants you to trust Him and it's actually going to be more supernatural the increase is going to be more supernatural than you can ever imagine. Some of us, we, 
we have, you know, earlier on when we say, come on, let's pray. And some of us, we struggle to believe God. We struggle to surrender because there's, again, a separation because cause you go like, oh, I believe, you know, in God, but, you know, healing, you know why? I, I'd rather go with the doctors. You know, I'd rather take my vitamins. And nothing wrong with doctors and vitamins. We have both doctors and vitamins in church. But sometimes it's that area, the overly dependency, that refusal to surrender that actually sinks us. And the very area that you want to control is the very area that you're sinking in. And the very area that you want to control is the same area that God actually wants to bring a far more supernatural increase than you can ever imagine. What about things like relationship? What about forgiveness? I know sometimes Christians, we struggle to forgive. Maybe that's the next step for you. Now that you've been forgiven, what's the next step? Forgive. And for some of us, we, we are still holding on to pain, to vendetta. And go like, oh God, you know, uh, I will do anything for you, but, but don't. God, I will invite anyone to church, but I will not. That, that colleague, that neighbour, that old school friend, that person, but you don't understand what my ex-boyfriend did. You you don't understand what my ex-girlfriend did. And God is saying that, you know, no, I know there's a lot of pain. And I want you to supernaturally heal it. We all want closure. Recently, a young person come to me, Pastor, I just had my heart broken. I need closure. I say that's not going to happen. Only Jesus can give you closure. Because <laughs> even if you meet the girl, the girl can tell you, it's, you know, it's, it's not you, it's me. You still will walk away feeling like, I need closure. I need closure from, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> And it's only when we begin to let go that, that, can, that healing can take place. Some of us, we've been addicted. You know, one of the, the, the attacks of the enemy in the modern world today is lust and pornography. And, and, and the, the world struggles with purity. And sometimes to be set free of certain addictions in our life, we've got to learn to let go and learn to allow God to come in. And even if, you know, that means allowing your pastors and your leaders to speak into that area of addiction and destruction in your life. Not out of judgment and condemnation, but out of love and wanting to bring you into God's marvelous light. But we struggle to let go. And, and I refuse, I refuse. I don't, no, no. I don't want to let go. God, don't touch that area or don't ask me to to, to surrender in that way. Another problem that we face is preferences. God, move, but I want you to move this way. God, give me a job, but I want this job. God, send me, but I want you to these specific countries. And, and, and maybe what we need to do is surrender and God can bring a supernatural increase and supernatural healing. You know, recently, I, uh, uh, I got to know somebody who was bound to pornography for 20 over years and said that I always thought that time would help me to overcome. I thought conferences would help me to overcome. I thought just sheer grit can help me overcome. But he, over, but he overcame it when one day, because he, he, was, he was improving, 
but he kept failing. And he realized that he, he kept failing on a certain day. And because usually by the end of the week, he was really tired and really zapped from life and just stressed out and just, you know, is so tempted to just relieve stress and, you know. And one day God just says, I, I know you feel like you need this drug called lust. But I want you to know that you're tough enough, you're strong enough to stand an entire day. I know that day is a day of weakness for you, but all you need to do is take that step of faith to withstand that day and I'm going to come through for you. And what this brother did was he go like, okay, God, I'm going to honor you that day. So he wrestled that day and after that day, he stopped wrestling because God brought supernatural, your steps of faith, even though it's a small step, unleashes the supernatural and God undid in that one day, in that one day of wrestling, what 20 years of wrestling couldn't do. Obedience. That's what walking by faith is. Peter didn't ask for a sign. He asked for a command. What is God commanding you to do? Would you obey? Because until you obey, there's no power. Until you obey, there's no power. And God wants us to be Christians who walk in courage and in His power, little by little, every step. Every step unleashing the supernatural. Amen. Don't be, I, I know, don't be like the other disciples that were in the boat, sinking even though they thought they were safe. And you thought, that, no, it's safer in the boat, but you're sinking deeper in your fear. The quicksand of fear. The more you're there, the deeper you go. But God wants to set us free. Amen. Regardless of the storms in life, He wants to give us courage to face them and overcome them. And the key to walking through the storms. Do you know that's God's plan? Do you know that the storm didn't stop even when Peter was with Jesus? Go back, read the scripture. The storm stopped when they re-entered the boat. So God's plan wasn't just for, for, for that to be, you know, for Peter to walk on water on a sunny day, but to walk on water. God wants us to be people that are resilient and who can thrive in the storm. Who can not just walk in the storm and walk in the rain, but we can dance in the rain. So if you don't like, you know, the title I gave you today, here's another old movie reference that you can put as a title, Dancing in the Rain. And that's what God, what God wants us to become. People who will worship Him in the rain. People who will worship Him in the storm. Don't get me wrong, at the end of the day, all the disciples worshipped, but who walked away with the extra faith with the extra testimony, Peter. Why? Because he was a great man? No, because he obeyed. Why? Because he took great leaps of faith? No, he took steps of faith. Because every faith, every step of faith was supernatural. One last scripture and then we'll close. Again, I really believe that God wants us to zoom in and mature in our faith. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. What is God speaking to you today? What is God asking you to surrender today? Don't delay because your victory is at hand. Don't delay because the supernatural, God's supernatural reign is about to pour over your life if you only let go.
Let me use this one like example and I'll really close. Sometimes we struggle. The very thought of, of obeying God, we imagine ourselves holding on to that thing, struggling, struggling to let go. And the more we struggle, the more our hands shake. Or at least that's the picture that God has placed in my mind, in my heart for a lot of us seated here. There are areas in your life that you're saying that God, oh, I don't know why this pastor is spying on me again. No, it's not. But you know, he's, he's, oh, how does he know I need to surrender? And, and you see, imagine your hands are shaking. Oh, how, how can I forgive? Your hands are shaking. Oh, how can I let go and let God in? Your hands are shaking. Oh, how can I let go of my finances? Your hands are shaking. Oh, how, how, how? Could it be that it's shaking not because of your refusal, but it's shaking because God's supernatural power is waiting to burst forth? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, first of all, Lord, for you to, Lord, right now, just for, for a bit, Lord, just grant us some peace in the storm. Right now, whatever my brothers and sisters are going through, whatever they are going through, whether it's in their hearts, could be anxiety, could be addiction, could be depression, that causes them to be so afraid that they are sinking in deeper and deeper into the duvet, deeper and deeper under the cover of the blankets. I don't know what storms that we're facing, but it feels like we want to run away. We want to quit. We want to give up. We just want to play it safe or as safe as we think it is. But Lord, Peter realized that the safest place to be on that day was by your side, in the midst of the storm, in the middle of the ocean. So God, I pray right now for your peace to come into every heart. And right now, God, I pray that you will minister and you will help everyone here. Lord, help us to, to, to check our hearts and to, 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 to bring before you that one area that we are struggling as believers to surrender. And God, I pray right now that you give us your grace, your strength, your love to let go in obedience, to obey. And out of that obedience, which comes from hearing the voice of God, the command of God, Faith is birth, and not only is faith birth, but the supernatural is unleashed. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for supernatural healing to take place, for supernatural restoration, provision. I pray for chains to be supernaturally broken in the name of Jesus, for cycles to be broken in the name of Jesus for bad habits to be broken in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be people who are resilient, believers who don't just walk, but can dance even in the storms of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. 
Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.